good we're good yeah should we just get started um so uh i feel like this is long overdue yeah i feel like today's interview do you want to just introduce the podcast yeah let me do that (laughs) um (laughs) we're learning so hey everybody for those of you who are watching live on instagram or twitch um welcome this is our third live recording Mm. gosh i think it is third live recording yeah yeah yeah, it's our third live recording for our podcast fish out fish out of water um we created this podcast to invite our community and our viewers and our fans into sort of the behind the scenes conversations that we have as an organization but i think more importantly it's actually just about providing a platform to some of the amazing people that we have the privilege of knowing either as members collaborators mentors colleagues um you name it but Today's guest actually is, I feel like, one of the most overdue podcast episodes because the moment that I met this man, I was like, okay, I should just have a podcast so that I can share this conversation (laughs) because, you know, he's just filled with gems and filled with information and it's just a great conversationalist. So today's going to be a lot of fun, but... Thank you guys for showing up. If um, you are watching this as a pre-recording, don't forget to subscribe to our Twitch, subscribe to our YouTube, and mm-hmm. take a look at all the other episodes that we have um, coming out usually once a week, a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm Daryl. I'm the founder of Holy Rod Studio. and I'm Saskia. I'm the head producer at Holy Rod Studio. Yes. And I'm Elena. I'm the director of research and development at Holy Rod Studio. Yeah. Should we say Holy Rod one more time? <laughs> yeah. At Holy Rod. Yeah. At Holy Rod In case Studio. We're yeah. We're at Holy Rod. Um, <laughs> and today's guest speaker is the incredible Grisha. Um, we met a couple years ago, kind of serendipitously, when we were fundraising for our Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fell in love with his energy, fell in love with his mission, and um, actually had him as a member yeah. um, for a little bit um, and have just seen him grow. So, Grisha, I'm going to have you just introduce you yourself to the audience and kind of let them know what, what you've got going on. Yeah, sure. So first of all, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure so when we get a chance to sort of speak and, um, you know, for this platform, it's, it's just a, always, um, it is really serendipitous because you guys have always sort of been the first ones that have given me a sort of platform to be able to share my voice and my ideas. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I've always been eternally grateful to you guys for that. Um, and so, yeah, I am Grisha. I'm the founder and the CEO of Do It Different, uh, which is essentially a company dedicated to utilizing technology as a tool for transformation. Uh, and we do that by sharing resources like YouTube videos, websites, uh, apps, all different sorts of resources that help individuals uh, pursue whole person wellness, um, utilizing like practical psychology and practical philosophy and things like that. Um, and I am now also venturing into becoming a life coach and things like that. So that's really, really exciting. Okay. Congratulations, man. So tell us a little bit about um, sort of your pathway to start the platform. Because I think like similar to us and why we created Holy Rod, it's because we needed it. So can you give us some insight on how that how that happened? Yeah. And so it is actually uh, like very interesting that you say that because um, I basically created Dig because it's exactly what I felt like I needed um, at a time uh, where I was sort of really trapped and just didn't know uh, which direction to turn in. 
um, I really turned to technology. Uh, and technology has always been a really huge part of my life in that regard. Uh, but once I sort of discovered this treasure trove of information and knowledge that was really just available for free uh, and you just had to know where to look and know how to aggregate those resources. Um, I had wished so badly that there was one place that I could go to uh, that would be easy for me to just pick a topic that I wanted to work on or pick something that I wanted to learn more about uh, and sort of just delve into it um, and know and for lack of a better term be able to separate the usefulness from the bullshit. Uh, that's just people, you know, talking or trying to promote their own, you know, fit tummy teas and, you know, all that stuff that is uh, masqueraded as wellness, uh, but in reality is rooted in the opposite, uh, the opposite fact. So um, do it different really came from a necessity for myself, but also from a uh, probably one of the biggest failures that I ever had. So I actually don't know if you guys know this, but Do It Different came from my first application that I was working on. Um, I left high school to make an app, uh, which was basically Instagram shopping uh, before Instagram shopping was a thing. And uh, it was very difficult. A lot, lot of man hours went into making it. And when it failed because Instagram announced Instagram shopping, that's really when I sort of fell into my own struggles um, heavily with mental health and depression and imposter syndrome um, because I had felt like I had given my all into something and it just wasn't enough and it didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, and so do it different sort of came from my biggest failure into what will hopefully be uh, a really big success. And um, that sort of just speaks for the you know transformative power of being able to uh, take something bad and turn it into something positive with your mindset. Yeah, I mean, I think something that's really interesting about the theme of transformation in your life, but from an outside perspective, how you transform things that are supposed to be negative, right? Mm -hmm. So even just the fact that I think we all associate bad mental health with our relationship to our phone. And so it was really innovative to hear you say, no, the tool is just like a neutral thing. It's more about you making like that decision. So mm -hmm. can you tell people like why it is you feel like the phone needs to be the tool for and also like yeah. how how do you decipher from the bullshit versus yeah, like what is actually useful yeah right and and so the I'll, i'm gonna sort of go off topic but then i'll bring it back to to the actual end point and i think that our entire generation and society in general has a um constant pursuit for comfort right a constant pursuit of distraction a constant pursuit of um you know a quick fix of filling a gap or a hole that's in their life, right? And oftentimes that is stemmed in, you know, social media or drinking, sex, drugs, like whatever it may be that you're sort of looking for that will provide for you that quick fix. Um, it's, that's what your life begins to be defined by, right? And so why I think that it's so important uh, for that phone to be utilized as a tool is because if we don't use technology, technology begins to use us. Right. And so if we are not able to recognize our toxic relationship with technology and with social media, because it's a lot more uh, subtle. Right. It's not like you are day drinking and be being a functional alcoholic. It's not like you're smoking weed every day and struggling to get through that. Um, the signs and the afflictions that come along with utilizing technology or technology using you and not being able to utilize technology, you only really see in hindsight. 
And sometimes you don't even notice at all because they just go under the radar so much that you're like, no, it can't be something that's bad. You know, social media helps me connect with people. It helps me, you know, stay in contact. And it does do all of those things, but at what cost? Um, and I think that the, the important question is always going to be at what cost is our ability to have everything we could possibly want in a little square, but not know exactly what we want out of that square. Um, and so to answer Saskia's question of how do you decipher the bullshit from sort of the real stuff that's helping you, um, it's literally just process of elimination. You try things and then you see how they feel, you see how they help you, and you are brutally, brutally honest with yourself as to the results of those things, right? And how those things are affecting you. And so when it comes like, for example, I took a social media break for about a month, right? And it's this constant battle of like multiple truths existing where social media removed from my life allowed me to be able to um, really focus inward on myself and, you know, start reading more and start dedicating more time for myself. But I felt extremely isolated and disconnected from everybody that I was around. Yeah, especially right. in COVID. So, yeah. It became this battle of like knowing that two truths can simultaneously exist where like I'm, I'm not ball and chain to social media. You know, I'm under no obligation to like, you know, constantly try to keep up with people or maintain these relationships or maintain, like people who will want to reach out, will reach out. People who want to remain connected, I will remain connected with, you know? And it's like, you feel like you're gonna delete the app and then all your connections go out the window. You know, all the, you know, all those, like there were people who I forgot were even in my life because I didn't see them on my, on my feed, you know? Um, and so that's, that's part of the dangerous uh, mechanism of having technology use you is that you get so wrapped up in that algorithm that you forget that there's like a whole real world outside of that feed and outside of that, um, you know, technology. Do you feel though that if from the social media break, like you not re remembering some of these relationships, is that a signifier of maybe that was a relationship that you shouldn't have maintained anyways? Like that's kind of the implication, like from the break, you actually enter back into your real life and kind of have a reconciliation of like what you actually value or what you make time for, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that's the hard part of like having to confront those things. And it's a similar thing where like when I quit smoking, for example, like I lost a lot of friendships, you know, because you sort of look and you're like, Hey, like, do you want to hang out today? And it's like, well, what do you want to do? And it's like, uh, I can't really smoke. And it's like, well, what else do we do? You know? And so uh, then you yeah. have to start reconsidering that friendship of, is this something that I want to be a part of? You know, um, and if our relationship or our communication is based on like whether we're following each other, like what's the point in the first place? Um, and about every year or year and a half, I go through this like mass exodus of like unfollowing everybody on my Instagram, um, literally going from like following like 650 people to following zero, you know, and it's always interesting to me, like how many followers that I lose because of that, because it's almost like this unspoken social contract that we have, where it's like, I'll keep up with you as long as you're keeping up with me, you know, or like, I'll follow you and I'll care about you as long as you're, you know, following and keeping up with me. Um, and it's so interesting to me because it's like, that is such a huge, that's such a large symbolism for our connection, but us being more disconnected than ever, you know, that our connection becomes so circumstantial on the attention or the care or, you know, just the circumstantial, the circumstantial compassion that we have for each other based on, you know, a blue button turning green or something like that. And so it does require to require you to reevaluate those things. 
but it is also like that same aspect of like multiple truths exist where you have to try not to take things personally because I might not see somebody on my feed and I don't think about them, but then I see them and it's like, I just saw them yesterday, you know? And it's like, they have their own thing going on. They're starting a business or maybe they're a new parent or, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, it could be four months before we reconnect and I pick up the phone one day and decide to call them. And it's like, no time has passed, you know? And so to, to try to label anything as like, you know, toxic or not good or like, you know, fickle or not worth it. It's like very difficult for me as an individual because those multiple truths exist. And if you think about anything deep enough, it's like, you can find that, that answer that there are multiple answers. Mm, yeah. Elena, you were going to yeah. say something. No, I was just going to say, I mean, the paradox of, of, of the reality like yeah. exactly like you know it just because exactly everyone's dealing with their own personal things and a lot of times it's not even about you you know because everyone does is struggling with mental health you know and I think in yeah. today more than ever your tool of using your phone couldn't have come in more handy when you can't leave your home anymore and you really need to you are really facing yourself and you're are you know living in this planet there's a lot of trauma yeah just yeah. to be alive here yeah actually you know? how how effective has um because I've noticed you're um, engaging with your followers a lot on your story and just having them sort of reach out to you in like, you know, from a psychological standpoint um, and yeah. just sharing their thoughts. And then you respond, um, you know, via story. Like, has that been yeah. effective in, you know, your path towards being a life coach? Yeah, like, like so shockingly effective. Like, it's really, really crazy. Like, I really didn't know how much of like, people valued what it was that I was like trying to say, because, you know, you say things and then sometimes you feel like they fall upon deaf ears. And I wasn't until that people really started to like ask me these questions. And like, there were some questions that were so deep and so intimate that like, I didn't even feel comfortable addressing to, to Instagram, you know, because it was, I, I could not even fathom taking 15 seconds to explain that you know like stuff about like ptsd and like you know like being scared to even confront suicidal thoughts and things like that you know and it's like so many people i realize are literally just looking for that outlet and scared to approach things you know and that's why i try so hard to curate my instagram in a way that feels like authentic you know like and that's like the largest part of the feedback that i've gotten is like they can see the kind of person that I am through my Instagram. And that's so humbling and such a large realization of like, wow, a lot of people aren't, you know, like a lot of people, like you see like these life coaches and mentors and stuff like that. And people are hugely intimidated by them. But I think that the vulnerability and my vulnerability through Instagram is like the crucible in which genuine bonds and genuine connections are born, you know, because um, like, I was listening to um, like Alan Watts and he essentially goes like the acorn is not any greater than the oak tree. Right. And it's like that to me, it was like so profound because simply having that information and that knowledge, it feels like a responsibility to be able to help an acorn get to an oak tree and help them realize that potential and help them realize that there is really no disconnect except for time, patience and persistence. 
Well, let's reframe what this this project was, uh, Grisha, because we what what I'm hearing is that you're in quarantine. You're you were used to doing like live events. You done one at our studio. You two. pivoted like the two actually. You're right. Um, you had to pivot like the rest of us, and it seems like you did this experiment of some kind to try and engage using the very thing that everybody says is causing your issue. Which I mean, and some to some people could be really controversial. So walk us through how that happened, and maybe give us some insight on how you even approach um, finding new ways to provide information to people, right? Because like, I consider yourself to be somebody who's always in the cutting edge. You're always at the vanguard trying to, you know, you're, you want to try it out for yourself and then decide for yourself whether or not it's useful for you or useful for others, mm. which philosophically I think is a wonderful approach for any innovator or any entrepreneur or anybody trying to do anything, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, can you bring us back to that origin story? Like how did the story... Thing even come about like the, the story thing really just came about from me wanting to interact with people and it really just came from a place of like originally when it first started like I was just bored like and I'll just be honest like it wasn't any profound like like I'm gonna do this and set out and you know like I was really just bored and I really just wanted to interact with my followers and I felt like a like is such like a bullshit cop out you know like the whole liking system and stuff and just the conversations that you could be having with people like I'm not a huge fan of small talk you know and there's been a lot of people that have come into my you know dms or ads ask me questions and straight off the bat like these are my traumas you know like this is what I'm struggling with like this is what I'm like what's going on you know because they feel comfortable um approaching me in a way that they don't feel like they're being judged you know and oftentimes like I've had so many people tell me like you know I can't even talk to my friends about this or I can't even talk to you know my partner about this kind of stuff and it and you would think that speaking to a stranger is like the like the weirdest thing that you could do when in reality it's the thing that makes the most sense because if it's somebody whose opinion and judgment you trust being able to have that unbiased perspective where you know that they don't have any stake in your game other than just wanting what's best for you just wanting how like wanting to help you figure out a way to move forward and so the live videos and the questions and stuff like that really just became an extension of like how can i help as many people as i possibly can how can i make as many people feel as comfortable as they can to come to me with whatever it is that they need you know um and whatever question it is that they need answered and so that is was also became a funnel for uh, the life coaching because of the fact that someone would ask me a question and I would DM them and I would offer them like, Hey, look, I'm giving free sample coaching sessions away right now. I really truthfully can't just type an Instagram message to you and like, act like this is going to be okay. You know, like, I don't want this to be a surface level, shallow, you know, like just, you know, keep your head up, you know, like everything's going to be Hang fine. Hang in you know, there. Like, doing great. Yeah. Like, you know, with the cat poster hanging in the back is to me, like that's just as toxic as me not saying anything, you know, like, and there, and there is a huge, huge, without getting like too much into it. Like there's a huge fad of like toxic positivity, especially wow. in the realm Ooh, of like, I've spirituality. I've never heard that toxic yeah. positivity. Yeah. Write that mm, one down. I like See, that. one-liners all day. Oh. <laughs> um, no, not to, not to reduce it, but it's yeah. really true. Like people really, and that just falls back into the whole, like, um, the toxic positivity with the whole like comfortability aspect of life, you know, of like avoiding the tough conversations, avoiding the tough topics. And like, you know, we talk about one liners, but the one liner that literally changed my life was what you do not bring to the light keeps you in the dark. 
And like, that's literally like the one thing that I was I like, we all felt that. there's <laughs> nothing, there's nothing that I will not be able to tell myself that I shouldn't be able to work on after the fact. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, how does it affect you at the end of the day though? Yeah. I mean, because you're all of this communication, right? In one day, like yeah. even just the day where you were responding to everything. And obviously there are also messages that you're not sharing sure. publicly. So yeah. what does, what does 9 p.m. that day look like for you? Yeah, like, and, and that's a very real question, you know, like, because you, you, um, at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that I end up telling people and speaking to people about is stuff that I'm reminding myself of, right? And it's stuff that I am telling people that I am like, damn, like, that's some shit, you know, like, I need to remember that too, you know, like, <laughs> and like, and it feels, it's draining to have that conversation for like 30 minutes. And like, especially because like, I work 10 to six, and then six to 10, I have coaching sessions, you know, and so it's tough, because it's like, you know, constant output, output, output. But at the same time, like, I would so much rather that than like a soul sucking nine to five where I go home and I'm mentally exhausted from depression or from sadness. Like I'd rather be mentally exhausted from helping people and moving towards my passion and my goal. And like, I'm also hyper aware of like how much I need to take care of myself. Like weekends, I don't talk about anything. Like weekends are like, you can't, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, like if you're like on the verge of like, you're having a suicidal breakdown, yes, you can reach out to me and I'll probably refer you to like the proper like places. But like, if you're having like relationship problems or like whatever it is, like, no, like I need, it's like, I use the analogy of when you're on an airplane and you're going down and you have a hopeless little baby next to you and they still tell you to put your mask on first. Like there's a reason for that. It's because you're not any use to a baby without taking care of yourself first. If you're passed out in the chair and don't have your mask on, you know? So, I mean, let's actually use that as a segue into maybe some more of the entrepreneurial myths mm. that you have busted with your life story. And I think that that's really where, you know, we have had so many great conversations with show, which is like, you not only are what you doing is like so important because mental health isn't an issue in terms of our ability to have conversations around mm -hmm. it, our resources, affordability, everything that do a different stands for. But you as a founder, as an entrepreneur, I mean, just even the story of how do a different started because you attempted to do an yeah. alternative path. So can you give our viewers some insight on your journey to becoming an entrepreneur and then maybe uh, bust some myths that you have embraced in your life <laughs> to approach, right? Even just what you said, like I'd rather work 10, 12 hours a day and be exhausted from what you care about than being exhausted from something that is meaningless or purposeless, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and so I'm going to say something that's a little bit controversial. Oh, but we I love that though. Come, 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 come. Like, I think, I think entrepreneurship is a myth. I think that it, at the end of the day, ev absolutely everybody will become an entrepreneur because of the fact that like being an entrepreneur is more so a mentality that is simply aligned with pursuing your true self. Yeah. Just... <laughs> and, yes. and that's what you guys, that's what you guys also say. Like, I, I'm not going to butcher it, but how you go from like a freelancer and then the business and then the entrepreneur and like all that stuff. It's really about turning passion to profession, right? Like how do you go from point A to point B to being able to say, I'm happy with what it is that I do. Right. And, and entrepreneurship in a traditional sense, like if you're, a fucking janitor at you know a, a company and you work overnight and you go to sleep at the end of the morning and you're okay with that and you're happy with that you're an entrepreneur 
you know, you're somebody that does what they want to do, that's found their path in life, that they're, you're okay with, that you have, you know, financial stability, and you're okay with that, right? And it's not to say that being an entrepreneur is directly connected to financial stability. It more so just means that your goals and objectives are aligned with your current reality, right? And for me as an individual, like, I don't even like to call myself a founder. I don't like to call myself a CEO. Like, I don't like to call myself an entrepreneur. Like, because I feel like those labels are just more so like pats on the back, you know, like it's stuff that you can wear. And it's like being, being the individual that is like trying to start a business or trying to do all of these things. Like it, it's, it goes back to the same, like Oak tree versus the acorn right? Like there are a lot of people that are also still trying to do the exact same thing. And I think it's a huge, again, into that whole toxic positivity thing of like hustle porn. And if you're not hustling and if you're not grinding from nine to nine, you know, like what the, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. <laughs> Waking up at 4am like every day, yeah. literally every Gary V TikTok. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna hate him. I love that guy. Like but. Gary V. Like I fuck with Gary V. Me I too. love his content. I love his things, but like no regard for mental health. No regard for like what it takes to get from point A to point B. And like those are the days and like going into the mental health aspect of it, there are days where I struggle to get out of bed. So how do I go from being billionaire technologies health help tycoon to like struggling to get out of bed? You know, and that's Both the realities exist, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's what's required is to like switch your definition of success, right? Redefine your definition of what it means to be successful. If it's going to be a day where I'm going to be struggling to get out of bed that day, then my definition for success is getting out of bed. If I manage to do that, then I'm going to be, I'm good. You know, like I, I did what I was supposed to do and I'm okay with that, you know? Um, and so it really just came down to the point where I was like, yeah, like entrepreneurship is just bullshit. Changing, changing that definition of success in terms of like, people try to run a whole marathon, right? Like they try to run a marathon before they can even do a half mile, right? And, and that's why it's so important for it to like redefine, like start with the half mile, start with where you are, start with what you can do, you know, like, and that whole like entrepreneurial hustle porn mindset, it completely invalidates be going from point A to point Z and there's no B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, O, P, right? Like there's no middle ground, right? Like, and it's that whole like, you know, trope of all you see is the end goal. You know, you see the success at the end, but you don't see any of like, you know, the sleepless nights and all of that stuff. And it's very invalidating to just in general, like, you know, I hate those like generic entrepreneurship posts of like, would you rather you know, work this and then have $5 in your bank account or like, you know, do this and have 500. It's and like it's a sleepover like, game or something. Like it's just not relevant. And it's the struggle in between. Dude, like, I don't even know like what I'm going to do with my life today. Like, you know, like I don't even know how I'm going to like make my bed, you know? And it's, it's just, yeah, it's a lot. So like those details, right, of like, okay, well, we know that what's missing is people's self-empowerment in those moments in between the Z and the A, but then at the same time, I think as teachers ourselves, where we're giving so much and we're trying to make ourselves accessible, like 
you know, drawing a boundary around the fact that like, I don't necessarily want to show people my bad day. Cause like I have that boundary. I want a sense of privacy, you know, but how do you feel like you would like to maybe start addressing that in between stuff, right? Yeah. Is it just continuing to remind people that there's, there's so many different ways to do it and you have to just get comfortable with knowing how to decide for yourself? Or are there some tools that you feel like are out there where we can, you know, really um, help people like, you know, follow along, if you will? Yeah. And so that's literally the whole point of did. And that's like, that's literally the, the, the incarnation of did came from the fact of like, how do we get people from point A to point B? Right. And it really, that's why I really am a true believer in like absolutely everything boils down to mental health. Like all the world's problems, all individual problems, like everything boils down to your relationship with yourself, your relationship with other people and how do you manage the two? And like, that's it, you know? And like, when it comes down to that kind of stuff, like it's really that whole analogy of being able to put your mask on first, right? And like, what does that look like for you, right? What does that look like for you as an individual? How do you make sure that you avoid burnout? How do you deal with imposter syndrome? You know, how do you, and, and even from the point A to point B of like the business acumen, right? Like how do you do the project management side of things? How do you do, you know, the, the finance and the legal and all of that stuff. And like, that's why we use technology as a tool for transformation because everything is already there. Anything you want to learn about anything you want to be able to figure out, like it's all already on the internet. Yeah. So, I mean, then, you know, as we round up the conversation, love, can we plug some of the, your go-to references maybe inside of COVID that have been really helpful for you? I mean, like the classic things that you've said, you've taught us is like setting limits on my phone. Like mm -hmm. I still have the limit on my phone from the first time you suggested it. And it does make you so much more self-aware, but I'm not going to lie. There have been days in COVID where I'm like, I'm just going to yeah. have to yeah. slide <laughs> that and spend more hours on TikTok, which I'm sure is allowed. I'm learning lots of cool things on TikTok. We love TikTok. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe you can plug some of the things that you found. Yeah, like, so for me, really, and I can actually, I'll sh I'm going to be sharing this eventually, but um, I created through Notion an entire, like, library of, like, things to do rather than do social media. So, like, anytime I open up a new tab on my computer, I'm just greeted with this huge laundry list of, like, YouTube channels and blogs of, like, you know, things I'm interested in. You know, and I think that the most important thing is to really be able to figure out like what that is for you, right? Like instead of running to social media, like, or, or TikTok and stuff like that, what is it that you could be or should be, or would like to be doing instead of that? Right. And like, that's why I also realized that I had to start of get sort of get into life coaching because it, the answer is different for everybody. Right. And, and giving a generic answer to people oftentimes creates more confusion and brings up more questions than it does provide like answers. Right. And so like, for example, for me, uh, like for meditation, as an example, right? When you hear meditation and when you see and think about meditation, you think about, you know, white linen robes, lighting an incense in the sun, crisscross applesauce and 15 minutes of pure, you know, emptiness of thought and mind, you know? And it's like, what? Like, how is that even in today's day and age? Like, that's not even, that's not even remotely possible anymore, right? Like, so, yeah, like you look at you look at like Buddhist monks and that are able to achieve that and things like that. And it's like Buddhist monks don't have to worry about taxes. Buddhist <laughs> monks do not have to worry about, you know, their, their president and all of that stuff. So it's like, obviously, when they've reached this level of detachment and not having to be concerned with anything, 
it's easy, right? But how do we go from that and apply it to our everyday lives, right? And how do we apply the lessons and the wisdom of meditation and adapt it to our life, right? And that is the deeper sort of aspect of like, everything is a social construct, right? Everything is malleable. Everything is out able to be changed in a way that it can fit your life, right? So for me, meditation started out with like, I have this, I have this mat and it's a big spiky mat and you just lay on it, right? Oh, and so I've basically- that. Is that the acupressure that. thing? Yeah, so it's an acupuncture mat. And I literally, meditation for me started out with me laying on that mat and listening to sad music. Like full blast on Alexa, listening to sad music, just doing breathing exercises. And like that for me, like I literally would open up my eyes and like the world would just feel a little bit brighter, you know? And so for me, like that's meditative. You know, that's, that to me is what the thing that makes me feel like I'm going from point A to point B, right? And it helps me improve my self-efficacy in believing that I'm at least doing something for myself, right? And that the definition or the traditional definition of what meditation is, is up to interpretation, right? Like if Shakespeare was able to create words, I should be able to create the definition of what meditation is for me if it provides for me the same benefit. But you're tapping into something I think that's innately human, which is that we're, we ha, we ha, there's a lot of argument about what's our purpose. But the thing that I think is universally true is that we feel a need to have a connection to what we create, right? It's like planting a seed and seeing it grow. That that thing, either literally making a windowsill of basil because it's COVID and you're like, I'm going to do indoor gardening, or you're genuinely using that as a metaphor. It's like, I think that there's something to be said about giving ourselves permission to be the creator of our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that's what's so great is that, you know, even when I go on do a different, it's never about this is how you're going to fix your life. It's like, here are some resources, experiment, take it on, try it on. Is it, does it work? Totally fine. Now you know that, but you have got to at the very least show up and try and I think dismantle the idea that there's a right way to do anything, Yeah, you know? And people are scared to fail. You know, people are scared to, to like, that's, that's where the discouragement comes from. You know, if you like, you know, I've heard the quote, like shoot for the stars. So if you fall, you land on a cloud, you know, but then you go straight through that cloud and hit a, hit the ground, you know, like, and that's, that's, that's life, you know, like that's not, you know, I'm really big on quotes, but that quote is something that doesn't really make sense to me because you're still going to hit the ground, you know, because you were aiming so high that you didn't even realize like, you know, the story of Sisyphus that flew too close to the sun and burned his wings. And it's like, again, start small. If you can't meditate for 15 minutes, start five. If you can't do five, start two minutes. If you can't do two minutes, you start with 30 seconds. Hey, I mean, we also, we deal with like an issue of impatience for, for sure. Yeah. Like I think my, my biggest struggle committing to things is that I can't see results as in, fast as I want to. Instant gratification. It, yeah. We're addicted I, to instant yeah. gratification. Yeah. And so another quote is like, you don't plant the seed and then pick the fruit the same day. Yeah. Like you don't, yeah. Like you don't get to like, you know, plant the tree and then sit in its shade the same day. You know, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, I think, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to say this with like a huge grain of salt in it because, um, right now I think the country and being inside of a pandemic is a devastating thing to witness. I mean, just, I remember the, this just constant sound of ambulances, um, in April. I mean, it's, uh, it, it is still a very big deal. However, silver linings for us, I think have been to slow down because we have been forced to, yeah. and watching what has 
become as a result of that I mean our online classes are taking time to create our becoming podcast. a life coach it's, yeah it's, that's so perfect for you yeah. like that's it has you know been, um, hopefully an opportunity for us to all take pause and um, you know take a look at what we've got going on um, and I think you know I could keep talking to Grisha forever but we forever. do we are yeah. coming up to the end so um, is there anything else that you're working on that you'd like for people to kind of take a look at? I mean, if you want to plug your website, what you've got going on? Yeah, so I mean, mainly the really main thing is just like the life coaching stuff. Um, do it different. Um, if you want to go, it's just doitdifferent.org. If you just want to check out the resources, it's resources.doitdifferent.org. Um, and I'll plug also all our marketplace. So our marketplace is a really exciting new project where we basically, um, it's all about conscious capitalism. Right. And so essentially what we do is we give badges to companies and brands. And these badges range from uh, responsible consumption and production to VIPOC uh, owned uh, to vegan and cruelty free. And so essentially what it allows individuals to do is shop at companies and brands that are aligned with their morals and values and redistribute that, um, those, that money into the community rather than corporation. Uh, and so that's really sort of the end goal of do it different in its entirety is it's literally about doing it different, right? Like not about the convenience of being able to go to your corner store and grab, you know, uh, a coffee or something like that, but like, you know, they're supporting the Trump campaign or something that is completely outside of your realm of, you know, what you would consider okay in your life, but the convenience of it is just more important to you, you know? And so we really want to make people aware of what they're shopping for, who they're supporting, why they're supporting them, uh, and redistribute those funds into these smaller businesses that need the money. Um, and then, yeah, and then just my life coaching and also um, a plug to a huge catalyst that has been a change to my life. It's called The School of Life. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing website, incredible books, incredible YouTube videos, incredible blog articles, um, li literally, literally helped to change my life. So shout out to them as well. Um, and then also just a shout out to you guys, because um, we, we literally, you guys met me on the day that I thought that Do It Different was like dead, uh, because I was supposed to give my first mental health seminar at a party. At a, like a party that was literally meant for like people to come and get drunk and get fucked up and have a good time. And the owner of the club of the mail room walks in and sees me setting up my presentation and he goes, mental health masterclass. Isn't that a little dark for what what's going on right now? And I was like, I want to die. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is God. horrible. And then like, we just started talking and I just like had this renewed sense of faith in what I was doing. And so that just speaks to the power of compassion and empathy and, you know, coming together and sharing resources and sharing spaces and, you know, uh, do it different. And I would not be who I am without you guys. So Aww. really thank you for that. That means a lot, dude. <laughs> we really believe in you and we yeah, would, we would yeah. not be sharing what you have to offer unless we genuinely felt like it added something to our lives. Or yeah. Changed so many. Every time I've watched your, your yeah. master classes, I learned something new yeah. and it just, it's... hopefully we'll get to do one again yeah. in person, virtually. Do one soon. Like I have a lot of people now that like, I, get, I got a lot of new followers that haven't even been able to experience the masterclass. And so that's really like, cause I feel like that's really the thing that gives people the idea of like, okay, what's my plan? 
you know, like, cause it can't really be summed up in these short little Instagram videos and, and even lives. Um, and so I would love to be able to do, you know, like maybe even explore zoom, uh, a zoom masterclass and, and things like that. But you know, nothing like, nothing like a, in the space, uh, actual thing. So we will catch you later. And if you guys are watching us live, don't forget to subscribe to our Instagram, subscribe mm -hmm. to our YouTube channel. We have all these other episodes that we've got from some great interviews. Uh, thank you so much, my <laughs> thank love. You, you guys so Bye much. Have a puppy. good day. We will see you later. Say hi to mom. Wait, can we see puppy? Can we see the puppy? Can we see the puppy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Instagram can see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ellie, you want to sign out? Have a good day, guys. Take Bye, care. Bye, guys.